Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. We finally got some races to talk about, and we had some good ones over the weekend. Four races, and no Norwegians winning? Am I reading that right? And in the women's individual, if you want a close finish, it doesn't get much closer than that. So let's dive into it. Thanks so much for joining me, everybody. We are back into the swing of things now, and we've got plenty to talk about after that weekend. Relays on the Saturday, which gave us a good look at some of the big names before they hit the snow on Sunday for the individual, where the women delivered the closest finish you're going to see in some while, and the men's race was full of surprises as well. I'll be recapping all the action before giving out my awards of the week. Then we've got the best bets for this week. We're staying in Ostersund with relays, sprints, and pursuits coming up this week. As always, get in touch with your reactions, predictions, or questions. You can get in touch on the Facebook page, the Twitter page, or you can email me at thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. Let's get straight into it, and we're going to be doing the lightning recap, and I'm going to go for all four races in one this week. starting off the season for the single mixed relay for the first time ever don't fact check me on that i didn't check it but i think that's right and the local fans were in for a treat here with norway france and sweden all looking strong but after the first leg it wasn't Ligrid samuelson or cloud who led because old man winter was at it again simonator 40 years young showing how to get it done leading seb samuelson by 35 seconds at the handover but Samuelson was handing over to Hannah Erberg and she wasted no time hauling the field in, taking Sweden up from 17th to 3rd. Julia Simon leading the field at the halfway point though with Uni Arnekliev showing that she can hang with the big names just as well. Great shooting from her to hand over in 2nd at the halfway stage. There's always going to be someone who's having a shocker in the relay. Step forward, Fabienne Cloud. Leading into the prone, he sent four shots wide, and France's hopes of a win went with him. After a tough first leg, it all came together for Seb on the third. Amazing shooting in the stand, and he gave Hannah a 17-second lead over Arnekliev, who wasn't slowing down in the range. Two misses for Hannah meant that Arnekliev caught her, and the two were level coming into the final shoot. Struggles for both there though, but Hannah gave Arnekliev seven seconds to catch, and that wasn't going to happen. Home win for the fans to cheer to start the season off. Simon with another great leg at the end there brought France back up to respectability after Clouds misses to round out the podium behind Norway. Then we were on to the mixed relay, and again a surprise on leg one. This time it was Sebastian Stolder of Switzerland who was leading early before the ski speed of Toyabo and Fion Maie came to bear. Then we got to see one of my favourite head-to-heads on leg two, Johannes Dingersberg versus Emilien Jacqueline. Both came into the prone together and Jacqueline got all five, or did he? The Frenchman thought he'd missed, reloaded, then realised they'd all gone down anyway. Never a easy road with Jacqueline. Onto the stand, Johannes flexed it here, the only man to hit all five, while Jacqueline and Jacamel both hit the loop with penalties. Onto the women, and it was Caroline Nyukton who was taking the promotion into the top two of the Norwegian team in her stride, leading through the parone, but she needed all three spares in the stand, and the spectre of Justine Brazar Boucher back 
and fast as ever started to loom behind her. She caught the seven second gap and dropped Njotun with ease to give Lou Jean Manot 8.6 seconds grace over Tandrevold. And Jean Manot wasn't messing around, she brought last year's shooting form into the new season. Great shooting from her to take the win for France. Norway coming in with their second second place of the day and Lisa Vitozzi with a good final leg overhauling Germany and Vanessa Voigt for third place on the podium. That was Saturday all done and it was on to the individuals on Sunday. The women went first and it was Brazard Boucher leading us out fast on the skis again but sloppy in the range. She missed two in the opening stand to fall out of contention as did Ingrid Landmark Tandrevold. Better aiming elsewhere though as first Vanessa Voigt and then Lisa Vitozzi go clear. They were through the halfway point, Vitozzi up by 25 seconds over the German. But Voigt wasn't done, 15 out of 15 and really putting the field under pressure as Julia Simon blazed around the tracks to draw level with Vitozzi at the halfway stage. Not so much for the home fans to cheer though unfortunately as both the Erbergs Elvira and Hannah fell out of the running in the first half of the race. But back at the front with Voigt clear, Vitozzi was the first to blink. She missed her 15th shot and fell 22 seconds back of the German. But Italy didn't last, uh, weren't done there because Dorothea Vera, three seconds ahead of Voigt with 15 out of 15 of her own. Simone missed one but was skiing super fast and was still in with a shot. So we were into the business end and Vanessa Voigt, pressure on. She wasn't feeling it though, 20 out of 20, smooth as you like. She went into the lead but needed to push because Vitozzi was coming, five out of five. She goes 19 of 20 on the day and a second clear of the German. Vera was next up, she needed 20 to stay in touch, but we've seen this before. Another meltdown at the end, two huge misses from the Italian. Simone came in next and it was even worse. Three misses from the French woman. The champion was out of the running. So we came into the finish. It was Vitozzi, oh, 10 seconds up on Vanessa Voigt. That looked to be about that for the day. But no, guess who's back? It's Francesca Preutz into the final shoot. She was 15 out of 15 and 12 seconds up on Vitozzi. One, two, three, four, five went down and she was out with 11.8 seconds to the good. Could she get her first win since 2019 after those horrible injuries last year? She was battling it up the hills at the first checkpoint. The lead was down to 5.5. The second checkpoint, it was down to 2.2. It still looked like she could do it. Time was taken down all the way to the line. I thought she'd done it, but no. 0.1 seconds was the difference. Vitozzi taking the win after 15 kilometers and 20 clear shots. Preutz had to settle for second. What a finish. What a comeback for Preutz. Great race from the women. And we were on to the last race of the weekend with Germany on a high, and it was gonna continue into the men's race. Big names were missing early here. Gonton Fiumaye, three misses in the first shoot. You don't see that very often. Stella Holm-Ligrid missed his first shot. That's just as rare. Samuelson, Jacqueline, they survived the first shoot, but then both missed two on the stand, and that was them done. Johannes with a miss of his own in the prone, but an incredible stand shoot which kept him in the running. We had a lot of misses there, and it was the wily old veterans who were making some noise. Simon Ada again with Andre Rastogoyevs. Both of them hitting 15 out of 15. Sebastian Stalder joined the party as well. He was five seconds back with Johannes Dingersbo looming. Only 14 out of 15. He was 18 seconds back and looking like the big threat. And so it was into crunch time and Simon Ada was the first to crumble, unfortunately. He missed the final two. Rastogoyevs came in next. He missed one as well. 
good effort, but hopes of the win were gone because Germany were ascendant. Juster Streljov taking the lead, and with one German leading, there was another German in the mix further back because Roman Rees had gone 15 for 15 and was on his way round to the final shoot. Sebastian Stoddard was next in, another miss meant his hopes were gone. Johannes Dingersbo could have got the win, but he missed two, two on the day, and he was 16 seconds back of Streljov. For once, he couldn't catch someone. Streljov led at that point. Boer was second, and all eyes turned to Roman Rees, the 50-1 to outsider. I told you to watch him in the preview show. He missed on his final one as well, but still had five seconds ahead, and he stretched that lead out on the final lap. Only one man was left to challenge, and it was a Norwegian, but not a big name, Andre Stromsheim, your IBU Cup champion from last year. He had 15 out of 15. If he'd have got 20, it would have been the win. But the final shot, how often do we see it? It went wide. He had to settle for sixth on the day behind Roman Rees, who took his first ever World Cup win. And that is your weekend recap. And as I get my breath back after that recap, let's dive in to the Biathlon Podcast Awards of the Week. We're going to start off with the women. Gold, silver, bronze, the unsung hero and the disappointment, just like we did last year. So I'll start with the gold. And where else could I go? Lisa Vitozzi. It was a close run thing in the individual, but she's off to the best possible start in her chance of, uh, of taking the overall Crystal Globe. And it was a really impressive win from Vitozzi. She had the third best ski speed. She was great in the range, in the relay and the individual. Just two misses uh, out of the uh, 30 shots that she took. She's undoubtedly now the team leader after sort of being in Dorothy Vera's shadow for so long. You saw that in the relay. She took the anchor leg in the mixed relay. Vera was on the third leg. It's the time for early overreactions, and I'm going to give you one, but it is looking incredibly good for Vitozzi. And, uh, and she really looks like she could be a threat for the overall, uh, especially after bad days from some of the other contenders. We'll take a look at that later. Um, I just One thing I wanted to, to bring up here is outside the overall race, which we're talking about there, just Vitozzi's performance in individual races. In her whole career, she's raced in 24 of them. She's been in the top 10 41.7% of the time, thanks to Real Biathlon for these stats, by the way. She's had seven podiums out of those 24, so basically a third of the time she's on the podium. And since the Beijing Olympics, she has not been off the podium in an individual race. That is pretty stunning consistency from Vitozzi. And to think she had all of those issues with her, with her prone shooting as well during that time. Um, so yeah, Vitozzi. Could she do it? She's the early the early runner at, uh, at this stage. Gold medal to Vitozzi. Let's go to the silver. I've got to give it to Francesca Preutz. With Vanessa Voigt kind of taking this uh, with this medal with Preutz as well. But Preutz, what an incredible performance in the individual. I talked in the, the preview show about the pressure that I felt the German team were under. Denise Herman, or Denise Herman Vick, sorry. Retiring from the team, she'd been the team leader for for a good while there. Preutz had been up there, but then had terrible injuries. Last season, pretty much a wasted season. And it was really unknown the sort of form she was going to come in here. In the preview, in the sort of preseason races, she'd been okay. Um, but nobody saw this coming. She was down the running order a bit 
um, which I think maybe they said on commentary, uh, on the UK commentary anyway, that that maybe took the pressure off her a little bit. Um, and maybe it did, and maybe Vanessa Voigt doing so well in front of her sort of took the pressure off, the sort of team pressure anyway. Um, but a really impressive performance from Preutz. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, they'll know that, was it, I think it was last year or the season before, I tipped Preutz as an outside bet for the overall. Obviously, that didn't happen. She she struggled with injuries instead. Um, but huge admirer of Preutz. She's got so much talent, and it'd be really good to see her taking a victory at some point this season. Um, I mentioned the two who were on the podium there, Preutz and, and Vanessa Voigt. But add into that Sophia Schneider. She was fastest into the final shoot for the German team as well. She had one miss. She was only 1.1 second off the lead in fifth. So if she'd hit all 20, we could have had three people within a second uh, in an individual race, which I don't have to do the research. I'm pretty sure that has never happened before. Schneider finished fifth. Three Germans in the top five. Um, and yeah, sort of reports from me about the, uh, the pressure the German team was under have been relieved a lot by this performance uh, in the opening round there. Um, decent performance in the in the relays as well. Uh, getting uh, they might be a bit disappointed fourth in the in the mixed relay, um, but uh, be interesting to see how they do in the women's relay tomorrow. Moving on to the bronze medal, and I've got to give it here to Caroline Newton. She was under sort of just as much pressure, really. Um, the Norwegian team, you know, you've dropped out of. The you sort of dropped out of the shadow of uh, of Roisland and Ekhoff, and we talked about the pressure being on Tandravol, but Njotun is now sort of the the second second athlete on that team. She's the one in the mixed relays now. She had a decent relay, really impressive in the uh, in the prone shooting. Struggled a little bit in the stand. She needed all three spares, um, and that sort of gave the win to the French team. I mean, Tandrevold still, she still gave Tandrevold every chance, but um, but yeah, she'll need to improve that. But you didn't see a meltdown, which you can see in, in these relays, and we have seen from the Norwegian team before. So really impressed by Njotun. Um And it'll be interesting to see what where this Norwegian women's team goes, because just like the, the German team, where I said there was a lot of pressure, it was an incredibly impressive performance. Four Norwegians in the top 10. Njotun finished fourth, um, I should say, just off the podium behind Preutz and, and Voigt there. Uh, but we also had Tandrevold. She finished seventh with two misses. She was only 109 behind. So uh, so right in the mix there. Marta Klackstad Johansson, we've seen her at IBU Cup level. She had a great race, one miss, 129 back in eighth place. We then had uh, Marit Skogen finish rounding out the top 10. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> you think about the, uh, the depth of the Norwegian team, we thought it, they might struggle with Rosalind Neckhoff retiring, but there they are, four women in the top 10. Union Nekliev, who was, uh, really good in the, the single mixed relay. She had a worse day, but still 28th, very young athlete, um, with three misses. So things looking pretty good for the Norwegian team as it stands at the moment. The unsung hero, someone else who's in the top 10, uh, Anna Macker, personal best. She finished ninth on the day. Um, as I say, first ever top 10 for the poll. Really, really impressive from her. Gutted she couldn't quite get that perfect score, um, which would have taken her up to the uh, the upper echelons of the top 10. But really, really good stuff from her. And it's uh, a lot of women just jumping up. We, we saw struggles elsewhere. 
Um, but yeah, Anna Macca, really good to see Poland in the top 10. Um, so unsung hero award going to her. That moves us on to the disappointment. And there were a few who could have got this. But I'm going to give it to Elvira Erberg because I think she had the most interesting uh, weekend in a, in a weird way. She had a very lonely race in the mixed relay. Uh, she was the ankle leg there for Sweden. Didn't really, there was nothing really she, she could do. She just skied around on her own um, down in the field. I think they finished eighth. I don't actually have that in front of me at the moment. Um, but then in the individual, a tough day, six misses. Uh, she was all the way down in 39th, just two points um, in her challenge for the overall Crystal Globe. So already that's 88 points behind Vitozzi. Um, obviously, it's just one race, but when all the races are counting, um, it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough position to put yourself in to already have had a bad race uh, in the in the very first time out. On the bright side, though, she had comfortably the fastest ski time, forty seven seconds than Brazard Boucher, who was second quickest. She was fifty three seconds ahead of Vitozzi. They were the only two women that were within one minute of Elvira's ski time. Obviously, the individuals a long race. So you do you do see bigger uh, bigger gaps there, but uh, if Elvira can clean up that shooting, then the skiing's definitely in the position to uh, to to give her a good chance at the the sprint this week. But yeah, six misses in the individual that is uh, that's not what she wanted to see. So that was the women's side. Let's go on to the men's. I mean, we had I don't like to give the two golds to the people that win the races, but you got to give it to Roman Reese. What a performance from him! Again, this German team, they've had retirements recently. Eric Lesser, Arn Pfeiffer. There's a lot of talk about, about the struggles they've had. They've changed coaches over the summer. And what a way to deliver in the first race of the season. I mean, just Australiov, he could be just as easily up here uh, taking uh, taking second, his personal best. Um, but Roman Reese, I said watch out for him. He's always good in the individuals. And uh, a little bit like the Totsi, sort of making it his specialty at the moment. Brilliant to see him up there. Great to see a German win. Uh, and <laughs> 0.1 seconds away from uh, from a double uh, victory there in the individuals. But really impressive stuff from Roman Reese. And, and let's see how he can carry this on into the sprint. Because we've seen him do well in individuals before. Many sort of drops off later on. So Roman Reese obviously had a good uh, a good summer of training and he's come into the season in red hot form uh silver there were a lot of places i could have gone with this um simonator because i thought his performance is in both the single mix relay uh and the uh, and the individual were great love to see him out there in his 40s now still showing showing everyone how it's done in the range but i'm giving it to andre rastagoyevs the latvian fourth place i really really wanted him to take the win i gotta say He's 35 now. He's still still out there. He's a quick skier, not as quick as he used to be. Um, but the problem that he used to have was that he was quick, but he couldn't shoot. Uh, now he can shoot, and he's not as quick. So uh, that's how that's how it goes sometimes, I guess. But fourth place for him. Great start to the season. Interesting to see what he can do in the uh, in this week's sprint and pursuit as well. Now that he sort of got off to this good start. It will be good to see him carry on and uh, and stay stay up at the sharp end of the leaderboard. Um, but from someone who's sort of well, not necessarily coming to the end of their career, we've still seen still see Ada out there at forty. Uh, but Rastogoyev's there at thirty five. He takes the silver in bronze. I'm going to the other end of the uh, the age spectrum in biathlon, and I'm going to give it to Emilian Cloud. 
Uh, only one of two men to shoot clear in the individual race. Really poor shooting across the board from the men, then, which was strange because the wind didn't look too crazy. Commentators mentioned that they were under spotlights, but I mean they should be they should be used to that. They would have zeroed their rifles under the um, under the floodlights too. So yeah, it was a, an odd, oddly tough day for everyone in the range. But Emilian Cloud. Um, Sort of the the youngster of the French team, Eric Perrault, obviously in there as well. Um, but tenth place, that's his personal best, first ever top ten for Million Cloud, and he also took the leading Frenchman uh, award, if you want to call it that. Um, it was a bad day for the French, and they will be showing up in the disappointment award. Um, but before we get to that, we'll go to the unsung hero, and here's a name that you might not have heard of: uh, Georgia Kaltia of Romania. He finished 16th. He's 23 years old. Um, sort of his first full season. This will be in in the World Cup standings. Finished last season really strongly in Oslo. Um, did well in the did well in the sprint and then did even better in the pursuit there in uh, Holman Collin Park. And he's carried it on here with a, a personal best. It's his first ever top 20. Um, and yeah, great to see the Romanian flag there in the top 20. And maybe this is a youngster who we can. Uh, Keep an eye on this season. Don't put too much pressure on him, but yeah, 23 years old, into the top 20 already. Uh, decent ski speed, only one miss for him. Um, so really good stuff from Coltea. And I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on what, what he does for the rest of the week here in Ostersund. Um, I teased it. Well, don't know if teased is the right word, but the disappointment of the, the weekend has to be the French team. I mean, they're three big names, three big hitters, if you will. Uh, Fabien Cloud, he was 15th. He looked really strong through the first half of the individual. Uh, was leading for a long time um, through two shoots, but he ended with three misses. He was down in 15th. Jacqueline, 27th with four misses. It was a very Jacqueline performance. He didn't miss in the prone. He missed two in each of the stand shoots. Shooting too quickly, but then that is the way he shoots, and if it comes off, it looks phenomenal. So... Yeah, I mean, what do you do with Emilian Jacqueline? You kind of have to let him ski and shoot how he wants to. Uh, he was fast on the skis, which is good to see. Uh, Samuelson was actually quickest on the day, but Jacqueline uh, up up at the sharp end of the ski speed. So hopefully that's a good omen, but um, but you could see the disappointment. On both stand shoots, cursing himself as he, as he left the range. So, um, yeah, tough day for Jacqueline. 27th, maybe a bit of damage control, but, uh, but not too much. Not too much to take out of a race like that for him. But, I mean, if we say Cloud and Jack Lambert is pointing, how about Quantum Fiel Maillet? Out of the points completely, he finished 42nd. Five misses from Quantum Fiel Maillet. And, I mean, that's just not good enough for the French team. Uh, Emilian Cloud and Eric Perrault had a fine day as well. But from the the sort of elder, state, elder statesmen, leaders of the team, I should say, in Cloud Jacqueline and Phil Maillet, for none of them to finish in the top 10, only one of them to finish in the top 20, is uh, is a bad day at the office for the French team. They weren't the only ones, though. Uh, two other names I wanted to point out that also missed the points completely. Nicholas Hartberg and Martin Poncioloma, who did so well in the opening round last year, of course, they were 47, 46th and 47th um, on the day. Neither of them looking... Looking at the races, really. Ponciloma has been injured. 
in the run-up to the season to uh, sort of give him a bit of an out there. But Hartweg was one of the, the names we were looking out for, and he, he just didn't factor into the race at all today. Um, so there, those are the opening awards uh, for this biathlon season. Let me know if you think I've missed anyone out there or if there are any uh, unsung heroes especially who you think deserve a shout-out on the pod here. That's wrapping it up for the first weekend. Let's move on to this week uh, and my best bets for the upcoming races. That's right, it is best bets time, and we've got a lot of races coming up this week. A pretty packed schedule. It starts tomorrow. We've got the women's 4x6 relay. That's uh, tomorrow afternoon the men then uh, the 4x7.5 relay on thursday then we're into the individual races where we've got the women's sprint on friday the men's sprint on saturday and then both of the pursuits on sunday and there's some pretty interesting uh, looking looking odds um in terms of the the favorites here um, as always, I'm going to give you my best bets from the favourites, the outsiders, and the long shots. And I'll start off with the women's sprint, where Elvira Erberg is the overwhelming favourite, really, at 5-2. to two. Lisa Vitozzi at 9-2, and Justine Brezart-Boucher at 11-2. to two. But there are a lot of women all within very close odds of each other. You can tell the bookies really, really don't know where to go. It's a really open field, uh, as it has been for a long, a long time now. The women's race is always exciting. Um, out of the favourites, though, Elvira Vitozzi or Grazar Boucher, I'm going to have to give it to Elvira. I don't like giving it to the outright favourite, but Elvira's ski speed looks good. I think she's going to be burning from that poor performance in the individual. Didn't get to perform in front of her home fans in either the relay or the individual. Um, she had a really tough weekend, and I think she is going to want to bounce back. Um, we'll see how the Swedish team does in the relay. Um, but if she's really got a point to prove come Friday, I'm expecting Elvira to go out there and set down a blazing pace on the uh, on the tracks to the point where one one miss, one loop, uh, one penalty loop could be uh, still enough for her to take the victory. Vitozzi, sprints are never quite her thing. I could fully expect her to, to be strong, a top 10, top 5 in the offing, um, but I think Elvira's speed might win the day for her there. In terms of outsiders, as I say, with the favourites sort of so split between so many people, uh, it's hard to find a true sort of outsider. I'll go with Marquetta Davidova, though. Uh, she's 14 to 1 for the victory. Skiing very well, similar to Elvira, really. Um, a tough time in the range in the individual, which you know we wouldn't normally expect from Davidova. Um, but if the ski speed holds, if she can get 10 out of 10, then she's going to be tough to beat. In terms of the long shots, Bit of a surprise, I thought. Caroline Yotten, after fourth place in the individual, after a strong performance in the single mix, sorry, no, in the mixed relay, she's at 66 to 1. Um, and I think that's not a bad shout. If we, especially if you can get odds for uh, sort of the top six, um, closer to the time they usually release those odds, that I'd expect to be somewhere around 7 or 8 to 1, um, which would be a decent bet indeed for Caroline Yotten, uh, who hopefully will carry on her strong form. Uh, into the second week of races. The relays, of course, that's the, the first race that's going to happen tomorrow. Very weird odds, I think, here. France, the favourite at 11-8. to 8. On paper, you'd say they probably do have the strongest team, um, but they were struggling almightily in the range there on Sunday. 
Sweden's second favourite at 13 to 8, Germany third favourite at 4 to 1, which uh, leaves you, you might be <laughs> might be wondering, with a huge name, not in the top three, Norway 9 to 1 to take the relay. As I said, four women finished in the top 10 in uh, in Sunday's individual. It's a young team, it's an inexperienced team, um, but Norway at 9 to 1, I mean, you're not going to see, you're not going to see odds like that very often. And I will be putting uh, a small a small wager on the Norwegian women's team to take victory tomorrow. Uh, on to the men's side, as I think we're going to see all too often this season. In terms of favourites, there's only really one favourite. It's Johannes Tingersbo. He is four to five on to take the victory. Uh, second favourite, Sebastian Samuelson, at fifteen to four. As I said earlier, he had the fastest ski time on Sunday. Um, struggled in the range a little bit, but uh, but was very quick and will be looking to impress the home fans, just like Elvira. Um, I mean, of the favourites, I mean, there's only really one, so you've got to say it's Johanna's. I'll give it to Samuelson um, as a, a very, very uh, distant second favourite. Um, his ski speed's good. He likes the he likes these sort of um, races. If anything, I think if Samuelson has a decent performance in the sprint, I fancy him for the pursuit rather than the sprint. In terms of outsiders, though, um, I'll give it to Johannes Dale. A bit of a forgotten man, I think, in the in, in the race there on Sunday. Didn't perform brilliantly in the range, so we didn't see much of him on TV. Uh, but he did have the second quickest ski time. He's at 25 to 1, um, which is decent odds for Dale. He's won sprints before, um, obviously back in Hockfilsen. Uh, we saw him win a couple of years ago. Good ski time. He can improve in the range. Uh, the individual with the pressure of the minute being added on, I think we do tend to see sort of uh, slightly worse shooting than you'd see in a in a shorter race. Obviously, a lot more fatigue in the legs as well. Uh, so Dale there is my outside bet, 25 to 1. That's worth a look. In terms of long shots, Lukas Hoffer, surprisingly... Good, I thought in the in the individual, his shooting was a a little a little shaky, um, but he's at eighty to one for for the men's sprint there on Saturday. Uh, his ski speed looked good. He wasn't great in the in in the range, but it'd be great to see Hoffer getting back into the top ten. Eighty to one, you could expect to see a top ten at sort of six seven to one maybe uh, odds there, and that could be a pretty solid bet. The one that's crazy though, Nicholas Hartweg. 250 to 1 to take the sprint victory on Saturday. And I mean, do I think he's going to win? Probably not. But can he win? Definitely. And you very rarely see an athlete with the class of Hartbeg uh, with odds like 250 to 1. He didn't have a great day in the individual. That is totally fair. Um, but we've seen his class before. He's been close to winning. He's had podiums. He's had second places. Um, so if you're looking at a long shot, just uh, just from that potential alone, put one pound on Nicholas Hartbeck to win, uh, and you could be going home with two hundred and fifty. Uh, so there are my there are my best bets. I'm taking Elvira um, to take the the women's sprint. I'll take Norway to take the women's relay, and give me Johannes Dale at twenty five to one to take the men's sprint. No odds available at the moment for the men's relay, but in terms of my prediction, I think the top teams are. Undoubtedly going to be Norway, Sweden, Germany. Be interesting to see how Italy and Switzerland do. They're the sort of outside um, shouts. Germany, though, looking really strong. Benny Dole, we didn't mention him, but he had a, a good day in the individual as well. 
Uh, Reese sort of moved into that anchor role last season. Um, so with him taking the win, that sort of gives even more um, sort of backing to him as the anchor gives him more confidence. So that would be, in, be interesting to see how Germany do. Sweden and Norway, Pontiloma didn't look great. Nellen, I think you've got to go Norway. Um, they've got the experience. <laughs> they're so good in relays. And with Johannes Ding as well on the anchor leg, I think it, they're going to be tough to beat. So I'll go Norway for the, the relay on the men's side and the women's side. Um, <laughs> very uh, uninspiring picks from me this week. Uh, but let me know who you think has got the best chance in this week's races. I'm going to be back next week to recap it all. We'll also have our first IBU Cup races in the books as well, so we can look at who we might be seeing in the future. But that'll be it from me this week. Hope you all enjoy this week's races, and I will see you down the road.